0: Times change. Some of it's, it's, it's hard, you know, like me, to, to make the adjustments. We are on a series on discovering your spiritual inheritance. We want to find out who we are in Christ. If someone was to leave you an inheritance of lands and money and possessions, do you think you'd read down on the list the lawyer gave you of what you received? Oh, yeah, you would. Sure we would. Well, we want to discover who we are in Christ, then we want to appropriate or to take for one's own exclusive use, that's what appropriate means, our spiritual inheritance in Christ. Look at John chapter 1, we're going to look at our three verses. John chapter 1 and verse 12, it states, As many as received him, who is him? Jesus Christ, to them He gave the right, the privilege, the authority to become children of God to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You are, if you are a born-again believer, you're born of God. His Spirit resides in you. You are a child of God. You are a son and daughter of God. Now look at Romans 8. I want you to begin to, to think differently this year, and, and uh, we're not even, we haven't gotten into it yet, the confession part, but it's really important that you read it, but you confess it. Eight, Romans 8, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Micah, do you? Are you my son? Are you sure? Steve went like that. Are you sure? Could I convince you otherwise? No. No. See, we've got to get that way. And in, in knowing that we are sons and daughters of God, the devil can't convince you otherwise. And if you'll have that kind of attitude, he will not push you around. Because you'll tell him, get out of town. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> I'm going to read it because this is God's Word and this, God's Word is truth. Blessed be the God, verse 3, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Say, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing... In heavenly places, in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He's made us accepted in the Beloved. Say, I've been accepted in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now, we've got to stop there. See, my sins have been forgiven. Amen. Amen. Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure of which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one, All things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him, or in Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance. What tense is that? Past tense. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him, or in Christ, you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who's the guarantee of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. So we see here we have an inheritance. And it all began when we received Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. And then we have a responsibility to discover what that inheritance is. You know, if we'd, we'd find out, you know, who we are in Christ. It would it'd cause us to, to act different. It would cause us to talk different. If we really believed our inheritance and what God has given us, we, we would be different people. Amen? We wouldn't be so easily moved by the circumstances of life. We wouldn't be so caught up in, in, you know, the attacks of the enemy. You know, Jesus, when he walked the earth, he was always cool, calm, and collected. James Bond. Amen? He just, nothing ruffled his feathers. He could just deal with every situation that came his way. Well, that's the way God expects us to be. Now, we we learn this from, I'll read it, you don't need to turn there, in Acts 20, it says, verse 32, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. See, our inheritance is found in the word of God. That's why we've got to make sure we get the word every day. Amen. Jesus Christ, you know, is is the, the, the foundation that's laid in our lives. But then it's our responsibility to build on that inheritance. It's our responsibility, mine and yours, to find out who we are. Go through the scriptures. Read it. Write it down. I, I told you I've, I've kind of started something new this year. I, I read a book, but as I read it, I write things down Copy them right out of the book. Why? It's another way of getting it in me. You've got to find a way to get the Word of God in you. you. You can't just sometimes you look at it and then you walk away and you forget it. You've got to go over it and over it and over it and over it. We all need to do that. Colossians 2, 6 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, or walk in the word, rooted and built up in him, are rooted and b- built up in the word, and established in the faith. See, the ultimate goal is that we have an established faith. But there's things, things that you and I have to do to get to that point. <clears throat> Learning and appropriating our spiritual inheritance is vital for the building process And will bring us into growth and maturity. Then we said our inheritance is spiritually discerned. In 1 Corinthians 2.14 we stated. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For their foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Who's the one that has to help you discern your spiritual inheritance? The Holy Spirit. Our spiritual inheritance is spiritually discerned with the aid of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. So what would be a good thing you could could confess every day? You could confess this. I have an anointing from the Holy One, and I know all things. That anointing is truth and no no lie. Even as that anointing has taught me, I will abide in him. See, that anointing is within you. You're not in the dark. You should not be kept in the dark about your spiritual inheritance. You have the third person. I have the third person of the Trinity living and residing in me who will help me and teach me. And many times I'll say, Holy Spirit, if I, if I don't hear it, if, if I don't get it, speak to me again. Word of God, speak to me. So important. Now... We left you last week. We said, what steps would you take to receive a large inheritance? In other words, what would you do if you received a large inheritance? What were some of the things we heard? You remember? Get an advisor. Tithe. That's that's important. That's very important. But what else? Guard it. Very good. Okay, I won't pick on you anymore. But I want to go on this morning, I want you to see how we can take the same steps in a natural inheritance, in the natural, and apply it to our spiritual inheritance. And the first one, you don't need to turn there, but I'll read it to you, and I've, I've written it so you can remember it but the first one there's there's like four or five g's the the word starts with the g and the first one is glean everyone say glean. glean you know what you know what glean means sure you do we need to glean wise counsel glean wise counsel so if you were to receive an inheritance in the natural you would go and either get a lawyer or a financial advisor or somebody that would help you make sure you kept what you inherited. So Uncle Sam didn't get it all, right? Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there's no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. So it's scriptural for you and I, to go to somebody else that is smarter. <laughs> you know, I want you to realize, look at your neighbor and say, there is somebody smarter than you. There, there's always somebody smarter than you in the natural. You build a building in California. California. Do you just go out one day and just start moving the dirt around, Dean? Or do you go get somebody that knows what they're doing? You've walked me through the process. His daughters are building a, uh, an apartment house in California, and you've got to have you know, some smarts. But you've got to go find somebody that knows. And it's the same way in, in, in the Word of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. As you're turning there, I'll, here's another scripture. Proverbs 1, five says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. So when it comes to your physical inheritance, go get some help. And when it comes to your spiritual inheritance, go get some help. When I was a young pastor, pretty green, very green, God allowed seasoned men and women of God to enter our life. And as we sat at their feet and listened to them and applied what they said, it helped us grow. But we had to receive it. See, you can show up on Sunday morning and I thank you for doing that. But you still got to receive what the preacher says. You can sit there and smile all you want and act like you're smart and you're getting it and walk out and your heart is a hard heart and the word just fell right off of it, bounced right off of it, and the enemy devoured the seed. You have to come in with the right heart's attitude, a hungry heart, and and talk to yourself as you come in the church. Bless God. You know, I'm going to receive from the Word of God today. What the preacher preaches and what he teaches, it's going to be planted in my heart and it's going to bear fruit in Jesus' name. Not one of you said that today as you walked in. Did you? Now, if you did, don't get offended. But how many did? So are you going to receive? Probably not. It's an attitude. Pre- Pastor Mike, you got an attitude this morning and you're going to see more of it. And you know what? It's going to get on you. You've got to have a, an attitude. I'm going to receive. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? How did she deal with the Word of God? She was bleeding for years. The doctors and the physicians couldn't help her. But she says, if I can just touch the hem of this garment, I'll be made whole. Did she? Was she? She had an attitude. She had an attitude. She was going to get and receive everything the word of God had for her. And she was healed. That's the kind of attitude you need to have. No, you don't need to crawl in. But you have to have that attitude that you get so fed up with with life and what the enemy has dealt you that you're going to receive from God and get the answer that you need. Amen? That's the truth. So you need to glean wise counsel. Here it is in Ephesians chapter 4. Wonderful passage of Scripture, and it says in verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why, does, why did the God give you and I the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the pastor, and the teacher? It says in verse 12, For the equipping, say equipping, of the saints for the work of ministry... For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature and the fullness of Christ. Look at me, real like you love me. Are you ready? Say, I really need you, Pastor. Pastor. Till we all come to the unity. Of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or a mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why did God the Father, why did He give the church the five-fold ministry gift of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher? Got any clue? Well, let's read on. That we should no longer be what? Children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. Here it is, folks, that we may what? Grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. See, when you grow up, you grow up, you get into a church body and you grow up, guess what? Pastor Brad won't have to work that hard to get you to do something at church. Oh, my God. I'll read it again. But whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. See, when you remain a child, you remember when your kids, you tell them to do something? Remember those days, Abe? Now you don't have to do that because they've grown up and they're just ready to do whatever you want them to do. He just, he looked at his dad one. When you're kids, that's the way you act, isn't it? Sure it is. But the, and the sad thing is that way in church. Well, Pastor Brad's asking me, "Do I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Why doesn't somebody else do that? Why does that, What does that do? You're just, go look in the mirror and just say you're a big baby. You're baby boy, baby girl. You're a child. You don't want to do anything. Let somebody else do it. I'm too busy. You just reveal to the body that you're a spiritual babe and you're immature and you're not growing. My God, it's it's a strong anointing today. What's on me? I'm very... But I'm telling you, I'm speaking by the Spirit of God today, folks. It's time to grow up. And the way we grow up is we find out who we are in Christ Jesus. And this first step, glean wise counsel, means you need to go to church. And listen, Kathy and I don't have all the answers. Sorry to let you down. There's not a preacher in the world that can give you the right answer all the time. But if if you stick and stay, it will pay. You know, granted, if you go through life, have we gone through any, anything in our life? <laughs> We've learned a few things along the way. And there are some things in us that can help you. I haven't been a pastor for 30 years. I'm still here. God has not removed me. I have not been fired Yet, never know, we have something to offer you. The danger is this, because we've been here so long, you get comfortable and you get used to us, and then you become familiar with your ministry gift, and you don't listen, and you don't heed wise counsel that's, that's given from the pulpit on a Sunday morning. Oh, that's just Pastor Mike. That's just Pastor Kathy. That's just Pastor Brad. Uh, see, it's, it's the wrong frame of mind. And so you're going to have to, if you, if, you do, if you come to church here, and this is your church, then you've got to see me. Years ago, it was hard for you know, people. Uh, I'd hear them say, Pastor Mike, Pastor. And we have good people. You are good, and you call me Pastor Mike, and that's a good thing. And in in all respects, it's really important because you re, you, you're you reminded he is the pastor. He is the shepherd. He has a responsibility. We need to pray for him. But you can become familiar, familiar with me. And I've, I've spoken that to Dr. Gant and to other ministers I'm close to. And I said, I'm, I've been here so long, I'm sometimes afraid people just get tired of it, and they don't want to receive it anymore. And it's, you know, so you have to watch that. In the same way, I can get familiar with you. I can look at you and, you know, know about all your problems and issues and get tired of them. Works both ways, folks. But I have to remind myself, I'm a shepherd. You're the sheep. The shepherd guards the sheep. He protects the sheep. He feeds the sheep. It's your job as a sheep to allow me to protect you and to feed you. And to listen to the direction that we give you on a Sunday morning. Kathy started with the finances again. Listen to her. I'm so thankful. So very thankful. That God brought certain people into my life when I was young. That I could glean wisdom And, you know, there was one individual that helped me on the business side. I darkened his door day and night because I wanted wisdom. I wanted to know how to do it. I wanted to be good at it. And there were were times I know they got tired of me being there all the time. See, now, if I wanted to be a taxidermist, I'd be up there in Randolph. Bugging. Brian cuz he's good at what he does. You got to find out somebody that's better than you and get around them, don't you, Dean? That's how you learn. But you got to want it, folks. You c- if you want the things of God, then get serious about it. Every day, not just on a Sunday. But not, you know, on a wince, but every day gets serious and purpose. I'm going to, you know, one thing I was watching Antiques Roadshow the other night, and he's a watch guy, and he knows the brand of watches to buy. I won't tell him, then they won't get them. Okay. But I know him, yep. And they had your watch on there. Yep. I went for 12000 I thought that was a little cheap. But how did I know that? Because I've been around him, and he shows me. And, he sh- he's, and So wherever I go, I'll look for watches. One day I'll find them. Then I'm going to sell it to you for $30,000. <laughs> I'll give you a deal because I love you. But it's knowledge, folks. So, you know, today I'm, I'm going to stop with the first one because I—I just I want you to get it. If you have gotten tired of me, if you've gotten tired of the same old, same old, you need to make an adjustment. You need to make adjustment in your heart's attitude. I'm coming to church on Sunday morning and I'm going to worship God. I'm going to receive from the Word of God. I'm going to get answers to my needs today. Bless God. I think what I need to do is be the greeter. I'm going to go on a sabbatical. I'm going on a sabbatical with his dad. He's going on a 30-day sabbatical. But I think I should be a greeter. And When you come into church, I'm going to greet you. I'm going to say, what'd you talk about on the way to church, people? Why are you here today? Well, we're having Casey's donuts, aren't we? Why are we here today? Why are you here today? What do you want today? Are you going to receive today? Or is it just going to be, you know, come in and plop your butt down and whatever? And leave the same miserable person you were that when you walked in. Are you going to have an attitude? I just finished again. I've watched it three, four times. I don't know how many times. It's called Band of Brothers. It was an HBO series. Do you ever see it, Timothy? We watch it every year or two to remind what the men and women of, men of God or men and women went through in World War II and the sacrifices they made for you and I. My God, the sacrifices they made. They lost limbs. They came out of it. And I told Cathy, it's no wonder her dad drank when he got out of World War II. Drove an a- ambulance following General Patton around. Can you imagine what he saw? But we've got to develop that same tough mentality, folks. I, I think I want a new name. You know, God always gave people new names in the Old Testament. Abram was to Abraham. I want to be called Pastor Patton. That's my new name. I want to get on a tank. I want that sidearm and that helmet. We're going to go, no matter what. Was it your dad said he saw him a tank, what, or was it somebody else? Bastogne ran over a pregnant woman. Now, that's horrendous, that's, but that's, that's war. That's war. You're in a war. So get serious about the things of God. Get to the house of God. Purpose you're going to receive and glean from wise counsel. Say glean from wise counsel. Let's stand up this morning. Now, there'll be, there'll be Sundays, there'll be one or two this year, I'll be nice. See, my pastor, he really does love me, but he's going to tell it to me straight. Amen? Thank you. Who That child said, hey, I could hear that little voice. Are you, did you get anything this morning? What'd you get? Let me me hear what you got. Get an attitude. Not with the wife or the kids, but with the devil. What else? Get the church. What else? I've got one more, and I'll let you go. Thank you, taxidermist. Come expecting. Don't get familiar with, with leadership. Father, today strong word this morning but i thank you lord your people are strong and they're growing and they're maturing and they want to be used of you father we do want to be used of you in these last days to rescue people that are dying and going to hell and they need jesus they need healing They need deliverance, and it's only going to take a strong spiritual people that know who they are in Christ to deliver them. So Father, by faith I declare and decree today the people of Harvest Church know their God and they're strong, and they'll do great exploits. I thank you, Lord, the people of Harvest Church not only hear the word on Sunday morning, but they go out and do it. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the living word of God, and you go with them confirming your word with signs, wonders, and miracles following. I thank you, Father, the people of Harvest Church, their speech daily is with grace, seasoned with salt. So they know not only how to talk to people in the body of Christ, but they know how to talk to people in the world. And their words bring encouragement. Their words bring healing. I thank you, Lord, the people of Harvest Church, they're not selfish. But they're giving. They give of their gifts and their talents. They give of their finances because they have Jesus living on the inside of them who said it's it's more blessed to give than to receive. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, for raising up and strengthening the people of Harvest Church this year. Holy Spirit, help us, teach us, Train us, and Lord, when we miss it, we'll repent, but we'll go on. I thank you, Father, one more thing. The people of Harvest Church forget what's behind. They forget the past mistakes, the past failures, and they're focused on the future. And Lord, with men it's impossible, but with you, Father, all things are possible in Jesus' name. You've called us, Lord, to be victors in this life, overcomers more than a conqueror. So thank you, Lord. We're a blessed people. And we're going out not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing to other people in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, those people here today that you're going through some tough things, get your mind off yourself this week and do one thing. One thing is all I'm asking to give of yourself to help somebody else. And if you'll do that, it'll help get your mind off your own problems. And say, Pastor, everything you said is true. And I really do kind of like you. Amen? Amen. Well, go. No no prayer Wednesday night. I want to meet with Three couples Wednesday night at 6.30. God bless you. Thank you.